Midwest Monsters Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Grizzly Abner, and I'm joined by Professor Wagstaff, Venomazini, uh, <laughs> Toddy, Jason the McRib McCullough. Ooh, we are some silly billies again this Ooh, evening, wee. folks. Cognac <laughs> is a hell of a drink. <laughs> <laughs> it's Toddy's birthday, but we're drinking the cognac he bought me for my birthday. <laughs> and hot diggity dog, are we having a time here in the jungle tonight? All right, so. <laughs> We are bringing you another installment of the Monster Mash. You know the format by now. Uh, four of us who are regular hosts, no offense to the McRib here, who's joining us as a guest host. Welcome. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. There's a lot of candy wrappers around. And that's just from Todd. <laughs> Todd's trying to go comatose on us. That's my version of drinking. Monster Peace? No. Monster no. Mash. <laughs> Lord have mercy. It's, uh, we ha- we got to keep an eye on Grizz. <laughs> you got to watch your salt intake. <laughs> There's a lot of sodium in that meal I just ate. Uh, so, Monster Mash, you know the format. Uh, we pick yeah. four yeah. movies. <laughs> we, uh, we talk about them. And the McRib didn't get to pick a movie. He just had to watch whatever we picked. And so that's where we're at. And my name is Grizzly Abner. And I picked a film called Cottage Country. Professor Wagstaff here. I picked God Told Me To. Then it was Vinny here. I picked a banger called Magic. And Hot Toddy, I picked Glorious. All right. What are we starting with, Hot Toddy? Glorious. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how we rehearsed it, but all right. That's what you want. Is Let's that not what we were picking first? No, sir. Oh, you confused me with all your stuff. We'll go with Cottage Country. <laughs> Sorry, I spent so much time talking. <laughs> It's your shirt. <laughs> why? Why are we? Why are we doing the show? <laughs> Cottage Country, 2013, starring Malin Ackerman, Tyler Labine, and directed by Peter Wellington. All right. So this was my second viewing. I had seen this once before. My wife really likes this film, and it's. I mean, it's got Malin Ackerman and Tyler Labine, and so they're pretty popular genre or genre adjacent. And so uh, I thought it was fun enough to watch it a second time and invite you all to come along on that journey. Had uh, any of you seen this before? I had never even heard of this. Yeah, I hadn't alone. either when my wife I used it. I try and avoid Canadian movies, so... Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I, I wasn't. Was <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but I've never seen this movie. <laughs> <laughs> That was made in the last 20 years. Of course, you haven't seen it. Ooh, that's usually reserved for me. I have never seen it, nor heard of it, either. And I had never seen it, either. Oh, had you heard of it? No. I had never heard nope. of it. No. No, never, <laughs> right. I've never heard of this. I, I'm going to be honest. When I saw that it was you that picked something, and then Vinny made some kind of joke, and I was like, it's another stupid-ass found footage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what was the joke? You said this looks like a, t- a Todd pick. 
Well, like he gets called hot toddy in the movie. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I know. I think he said this is right up my alley. Yeah, I don't remember. Whatever. He was high. Probably. <laughs> it was past 7 p.m. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, the basic premise is that uh, Tyler Labine and his girlfriend, Malin Ackerman, they are going away to the, the family cottage for the weekend. And Labine is You're gonna... blinking a lot. Are you fine or not? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> did, did you eat the, the box of gummies? Did you get concussed before you came back to <laughs> Do you think Vinny is Tyler Labine? <laughs> <laughs> he, looks like, he looks like he's a little bit right now. From Tucker and Dale. Yeah. He's got a little bit of that look going on. Is there a reason why you have three forks stuck in your foot? <laughs> <laughs> Let's reset. Let's reset here. All right, so uh, Labine's character is Todd, or Hot Toddy, right? Right. Malin Ackerman's character is Cammie. So. <laughs> I love that you needed confirmation on your own pick. <laughs> this happens often in that I pick a movie, and then I watch it the next day, and then we record six weeks later, and I don't remember my own movie. <laughs> Vinny's about to throw up some cognac. Don't don't mind the firefighter in the kitchen there. So, Todd Todd and Cammie are going to the family cottage on the lake for the weekend. And Todd is planning to propose to Cammie. And in fact, Cammie, while packing, she's kind of a high maintenance girlfriend type, right? And she, he's like, don't go through my bag. Don't pack my bag for me. Which is already an indicator that she does this sort of stuff for him. And she finds the engagement ring. And so she wants everything to be absolutely perfect. And she is going to do anything to make sure that happens. And, of course, he wants to please her. And he's going to do anything to make that happen. So he leaves his office job. They hit the road. They're stuck in traffic. And then they finally get to the cottage. Basic setup here. He's henpecked for sure. <laughs> What's that? He's henpecked for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I don't know. She runs means. his work. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I use a country term. You don't know. He really is sick. No, no, no. See, you you come from like German farmer country. <laughs> I come from Appalachian country. <laughs> I've heard of henpecked. Yeah, but you also use nib shit. Do you think no I'm just, you think I'm just hanging out with the Amish on my spare time? You never hear the Amish say cooked? Cocked? What is it? Cocked? Cocoing? <laughs> what in the hell is going on here? <laughs> I've had three strokes listening to you guys since we started. Once you listen to this episode, you're going to hear the phone ring and it's going to say, seven days. (laughs) You've never heard of Henpecked? No. Wow. I think so. I would have lost a lot of money betting that you knew what that (laughs) was. Doubling down on that. My bad. My bad. What we figured out is if you have a Budweiser and cognac mixed together, you have a stroke immediately. You have mixed two cultures that have no business coming together. <laughs> is that how you guys describe when you met? Yeah, we call that drink off the turnip. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Okay, so Settle we've down. got the setup that honestly feels like a Ben Stiller movie. Sure. I mean, sure. it really does. Yeah, it yeah. may be partially because she was in one with him around the same era, but I kept thinking of that. Yeah, like this feels There's like something a about Mary by a lake. Ben Stiller movie because the heartbreak kid with her, and yeah. that kind of setup, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's 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 setting up like a rom com, right? Yep. So any thoughts on the setup so far? Well, that's my favorite genre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not only does Vinny not like any movie from the last twenty five years, but 
to, to be a rom-com. Did, did we say that he's hiding something in the suitcase? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you say what it was? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. In my, in, my, in my hilarity, I, didn't, I lost track of that. <laughs> so focused on your color commentary, you didn't pay attention. <laughs> I was more like... You guys quit hitting each other. <laughs> <laughs> so they get there and everything is like this. They finally get there. It's been a stressful ride to get up there. And she decides to do oral favors for him. And in the midst of doing so, he looks out the window and his brother... Has now showed up to the cabin. Who reminded me of the actor yep. who plays Homelander in The Boys? Okay, I don't. That's it's at, in the mind of that guy. And that, that let's not sidetrack on the fact that it was a wake up oral favors. Oh, yeah. that's right. He yeah. was that, yeah. Which is a different Look, guys, different we're trying school. To church it up. Where I come from, we call that a suck off. <laughs> <laughs> I call it blakey blakey. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's funny is, is they had a hand pecker. <laughs> The, the guy playing his brother is actually the guy who is McMurray in uh, Letterkenny. Are you a Letterkenny Yes, guy? I love Letterkenny. Yeah, that, did you realize yeah. that was McMurray? I did, but at the same time, I was more focused on the wake-up BJ. <laughs> okay, so you guys are talking about dick-sucking and not breakfast. <laughs> okay. Why, Why not both? We've danced around it it's for the three best minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we, but yeah, that's, that's a weird brother just hangs out. Yeah, I don't watching. think Jason's allowed to come back. <laughs> <laughs> we have just don't put this on me. <laughs> That's the only ingredient that's changed. <laughs> if someone if someone is new to the show, they just turned it off. <laughs> Listen, you know when company comes over and the kids act out, <laughs> we're <us>. the kids. <laughs> we're, ju- we're jumping on the furniture right yeah. now. Mom's not. I'm blowing home. pixie sticks at him. <laughs> so the brother shows up and like, whoa, hey, what's Sal doing here? What's Sal? You know what's going. Why on. is he watching me suck your dick? <laughs> what's funny too is his, his name is Salinger. And it's like oh, so that he's automatically going to be a douchebag because he's named after JD <laughs> Salinger, right? So and so then this this thing ensues where Todd is arguing with him. He's like, "Did you check the website? We have a website where you reserve the cottage." And he's like, "I don't check the fucking website. I come here because I want to come here, you know." And we start building. Their mom this. told his mom told him it was okay. Mom told him it was fine. Mom, who won't cut Salinger off the teat? So, um, and Salinger brings his shitty Russian girlfriend, Masha, who is just <laughs> delightful. Yes, and um, uh, you know. She just tells Todd because she knows that he's going to propose, and like she's like, "You got to get rid of your brother. You got to get rid of him. You got to get rid of him." They get into a fight, and in the midst of that fight, uh, old Todd manages to hit his brother in the neck with an axe. And this film has taken a turn from your traditional rom com. Vinny, would you agree? Yes. They don't usually murder people. This is indeed a murder. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, well, you can you can tell too that with their ensuing scuffle, it keeps getting a little worse. Where you're like, okay, this is more than just brothers not liking each other a little bit. Like they're actually starting to like try to hurt each other. Yeah, I mean, it's getting darker and darker as they keep fucking around with it. That, with that one axe swing, it's like a whole lifetime of dealing with Salinger was <laughs> yeah, released. Absolutely, it's also you, you can even see like in his in his face, he's even like, ah. <laughs> he's like, I've always wanted to do that. <laughs> And then the the sobering reality of, oh no, what have I just done? <laughs> yeah, it's a good it's a good moment. They do it well. Okay, good. I just want to make sure someone was on board with me before I went on here. Uh, so and and 
he tells Cammy that this is what's happened. And rather than being afraid or turned off, she's actually kind of into it. She's like, oh, oh, my man actually made a decision for once without me henpecking him <laughs> into it. <laughs> I'm, learning I'm not sure you used it right, but we're going. <laughs> <laughs> so then Cammy is trying to distract Masha, and the Russian girlfriend, and so she finally just ends up killing Masha. <laughs> I like the frying pan to the head. It's pretty good. She will not quit going all over the kitchen floor, too, in the background of the scene. You just see her legs. Oh, yeah. yeah, Body convulsing (laughs) from the head trauma. They were laughing maniacally at (laughs) this. They did lay down a tarp. They're trying to keep it, you know. They're trying to keep it clean. Keep it clean. They let the scene breathe, though. That's what's so funny about it. It just Mm -hmm. keeps going with her in anguish out in the kitchen. And she's one of the worst strawberries in film that I've ever seen. Just, just horrible. Oh, awful. And so then they decide to chop them up, and they're going to sink them out in the lake so that they can then go have their perfect proposal. And they do get pretty gruesome, like with pulling like the arm up at one point when they're first starting to show it in scene with them out there hacking up on a tarp. I was like, okay, they're not shying away from it. No, no, no. They go yeah. they go yeah. all in on this. And that, I think that's what I appreciate about the film. I don't think it's a perfect 10 by any means. But I thought it was entertaining enough uh, for knowing it probably wasn't on any of your radars that I was like, I think the guy should watch this. Anything to say? That, that's basically the first act. Uh, I just think the, the small <laughs> cast that we have at that point, they're all excellent in their roles. Uh, kind of like classic comedy archetypes. So, yeah, I think they're all good. It's a classic catch your brother getting a blowjob story. Yes. <laughs> and then yeah, murdering him with an axe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then premeditating his girlfriend's death. And then Taylor being like, oh, done. God, we got to dispose of these bodies. <laughs> it's like that one uh, that one Marx Brothers movie, right? <laughs> now, here, this, is, this might work a little blue uh, intentionally, but uh, do you think because that job wasn't finished... That's why he murdered his brother. A little tension. Ooh, a little bit. Ooh, a little that bit. could be. Mm. A little bit. Vinny, you guys think to say on the film at this point? Um, I'm just trying to think of uh, where I was mentally when I was... Well, I, don't, I watched the trailer before I watched it, and I was not looking forward to it after watching that <laughs> Surprise! It, was, uh, it looked like it was straight to video, and it probably was. But as I watched it, the production value was higher than what that trailer had... What I'd gotten out of that trailer. Sometimes a trailer can be very misleading. Uh, trying to, I don't know, trying to articulate here. Because I, I neither am gaga for this movie, nor do I dislike it. I'm, I'm a bit, I was entertained by it. I was entertained by it. Uh, I think that it was certainly more of a dark comedy. I think if you would have taken out the parts that had Salinger as the talking corpse... This would have felt much less like a horror movie, yeah, and more of a. But good effects. Like, oh no, no, nothing wrong with the effects. Yeah, and and I'm not mad at Adam for doing those scenes, but I think minus those scenes, I think that you would think of it less of a horror movie without that. There'd yeah. be murder and a little bit of gore, but that puts it on a different that that has an American Werewolf in London element mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Where you're mixing the two genres. Um, but I never... I'll, I'll leave it there until we, we round out the rest of it. Todd, anything before I go into the second act? All right. Thanks for stopping by. 
visual thumbs up. So, did you watch uh, this, Todd? I did. So, we're returning from the island of the perfect proposal, which is a little forced. And we get back. Murder will do that. <laughs> but it really puts the pressure on. After yeah. a couple people have died for your upcoming engagement, you know, you, pull you, it off. you can't uh, you can't be forced to be a witness against your spouse. It's good <laughs> advice. Uh, so they come back, and all of a sudden, lots of people are <laughs> at the cottage because Salinger invited his friends over for a party. And so now all the Salinger's shithole friends are over there. <laughs> And uh, but there's one particular guy who is endearing, and that's Doug, the uh, the, the Orthodox Jew. Jewish guy. Yep. Yes, and uh, he keeps asking lots of questions. <laughs> like, where's Salinger? Why is his car there? What time did you get here? But no, no, no. I'm just trying to establish a timeline. <laughs> I love that he says that. I'm just trying to lay it out. You know, every party's got one. Yeah, right. Narc. So- Nosy person, not Jewish. Before before this gets out of control, I want to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, and so that's when we get the ghost Salinger, as Vinny alluded to there, and they're playing euchre, and there's a ghost Salinger popping up, and it's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's, he's rotted, like yeah, he's not just a glowing apparition, like it's a yeah. rotting corpse. Looks good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You ever talk to a corpse, David? <laughs> boring. <laughs> And so that's when they decide that the Jewish friend has asked too many questions, and they decide to stab him as well. Yes. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and put an end to Doug here. And so then, you know, the party clears out. And oh, you forgot one of the funniest parts of this whole movie. Please, please. It's when, when, when he re- Todd refuses to throw him in the lake because he is Jewish. Yeah. And his, his religion requires that he be buried with all of his parts. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man of principle, Todd is. So I appreciate that, other than the Todd I know. So, uh, so I just when I started watching this and I realized some of the characters' name is Todd, I thought it was going to be the brother because that's usually the Todds of movies. That's true. I think. When I didn't want to. I didn't want to hear. I already hear enough of like. Was the carpet all wet? Time? <laughs> I think Todd is the brother in Wedding Crashers. That's right, Todd. You tell him. <laughs> the painting was a gift, Todd. <laughs> so, um, so now the cops come, right? And they're trying to figure things out. And so they blame this weird coonskin cap guy that's been hanging around, right? And uh, then mom and dad show up, uh, who clearly love each other, mom and dad, as they argue. And um, now we have a, the ghost of Salinger and Masha. Hanging around, right? Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts? She didn't get any better. Nope. <laughs> nope. She still sucks. <laughs> so uh, the cops pick up the vagrant, the coonskin cap guy, and they're pretty much essentially going to railroad him at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Any mm-hmm. other thoughts at this point? <laughs> I'm picking up what you're laying down. <laughs> The amount of times you've looked at us for confirmation on your own pick is getting alarming. All right, so Todd ends up and he wants to turn himself in, and Cammy is pissed about it. She's not having it. We've worked this hard to get to this point. She kills a cop, and then she shoots Todd in the head. <laughs> yes, things really escalate. And very quickly. And that's when you know this is not an American movie. Like, because they go past a certain line into the darkness with the humor, where it's just like, okay, this is different. Like we pop one off. It's like watching the character development in Breaking Bad and fast forward. <laughs> right, <laughs> that's, that's, still that's a very good point. Yeah, yeah, we we become 
criminal kingpins very quickly. <laughs> yeah, because when, when they've got that uh, kind of showdown scene at the car, as he's just kind of surrendering, standing in front, and then the way it all unfolds with the shooting, it's like, oh, oh, yeah. And the cops I, it goes dark. shoot the hell out like, of Like, I'm just sitting here kind of watching, taking casual notes, and I'm like, what? Why am I I'm start writing faster? <laughs> this is happening very quickly. Very quickly. <clears throat> they they have a button called the pause button. Yeah. <laughs> what? So, Cammy gets shot by the cop as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And, uh, yeah. So, Todd survives. And he's missing uh, that portion of his memory that remembers any of this. He's 10-second Todd now. Yeah. <laughs> he really when is. When they're... Uh, they wheel him out there on the dock out at the lake and he's got like the all the hair missing and the big ass <laughs> scar from where they've worked on it and the dad's talking it's like no they're gone they're gone it's like he doesn't have the memory of all that hey stuff. where's mom yeah <coughs> where's mom where's Sal where's Sal and then the dad explains it and then again where's mom hey where's Sal it'd be great if they were here there's like one likable character in that entire movie and he gets murdered <laughs> Is his name Sal? <laughs> the Jewish guy. Yeah. Yes. Doug. Yeah. The guy that, who actually gives his shit. the only likable character in the whole... Everybody else is a shit bag. That's yeah. true. Everyone else. Yeah. You start out liking Todd. Yeah. But by the end of it, you're like, man, fuck Todd. Like, <laughs> fuck him, but fuck her more, man. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that, I think that was the surprising thing about this movie, though. I like... We've all seen horror comedies and some of the premises that they they run around with to the movie, but the way it finishes is different. Like it, it goes it goes way darker. Yeah, for sure. I did. I totally didn't expect Todd to still be alive from a a gunshot in the middle of your forehead. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, here's where the fiction starts. I know that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you a sad story about that when we're off here. <laughs> so. Uh... <laughs> I think the sad part is he seems happier at the very end. <laughs> yes, half lobotomized. Well, he, yes, he that's the true. That's the scenery. Well, that's the bottom line of this: is don't, don't ever get handpicked. <laughs> yes. He, uh, I, it, the, the way it ended, it was unexpected. I never, I, like I knew the movie kept getting darker and darker. But I never expected the movie that started out the way it did to end on that. Note. Oh yeah, and I was like, oh. Okay, so then when I'm originally watching it at the beginning, I'm thinking, ah, some of this is kind of fucking corny. But then by the end of it, you realize it's supposed to be that Wonder Bread bullshit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they can take you there. Uh, all in all, it's a decent flick. Um, I don't, it's not my cup of tea. I won't watch them repeat. If somebody's watching this, say, hey, you want to watch it? Say, yeah, that's a good movie. We'll watch it again. But uh, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, I agree. I think the yeah. main, the two leads are. are they're comically, they're sufficient. They yeah. carry the movie just fine in the roles that they got. Um, I think it's entertaining. And I think that says something about them as actors yep. in that they, they're like, all right, let's lean into this cheese ball. And mm-hmm. make it yeah, happen. if you're a Tyler Labine fan, definitely check it out. It's, oh, it's yeah. right on brand for him. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed it, but I also like dark comedies pretty well, too, so... Okay. Couldn't look right up there with those. All right. Well, thanks for not hating me, guys. <laughs> thought I'd bring you a Things little... weren't looking good when that trailer was playing. <laughs> you know what? It wasn't a found footage movie, so applause. <laughs> yeah. Thought I'd bring yeah. you a little Canadian treat here. Anytime it's not paranormal activity, I'm, I'm doing great. <laughs> All right, Toddy. What's next? 
What is next? <laughs> Glorious. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you guys like switched it up last minute. I do that up. So it sounds like the next one is Glorious 2022, which was my pick. And it was directed by Rebecca McKendry with a K, uh, starring Ryan Quanton. Uh, also, Jason Stockhouse or Stackhouse from. Uh, I was gonna say that's Jason Stackhouse from, from True Blood. True Blood. That's what I say every time I see him. And um, and the the voice of J.K. Simmons uh, playing what is calling uh, a gat. I think it's his his listed legal name, but um, <laughs> oh, got uh, a half story. Gatanavawa or something like that. Did I say that wrong? You got Gatanavawa. Got another one. Got another one. Like if you were drunk. Like and, um, and that's the people in the movie. I can tell by Vinny's face, this isn't going to go well. <laughs> My first time viewing. You <laughs> <laughs> don't say. <laughs> uh, first time viewing, was familiar with the film because the director is a longtime uh, podcast host that we've listened to for Professor years and I are fans of her work. And yeah. uh, Toddy and I watched a, a live taping of one of their shows in L.A. at one point. Uh, L.A. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> there was that interesting dynamic from it. So I, I was going to watch this at some point simply sure. because she got a, a pretty big break with it, with the, the talent in it. Uh, so, yeah, first time viewing. Vinny, can you tell us about the text that you sent? <laughs> of course Todd picked a movie about a fucking glory. <laughs> It takes place in a men's bathroom. That's offensive. <laughs> that is on brand. Which is funny because I was like, ugh. And then Professor reassured me that Rebecca McKendry was the director. And I was like, okay. All right. That's fine. Oh, don't go. Th- I, I, could, I could go real gay. <laughs> Just saying. It was on brand. Oh, no. It wasn't about being gay. It was about being sleazy. Yeah. That's you. Uh-oh. You're sleazy, Todd. Change the name of this. What were you going to say? Like, it's sleazy Todd now. You're going to be like, they didn't, they didn't even put duct tape around that glory hole. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was up with that? Just painted it. Well, that's because this is a straight production. <laughs> <laughs> A female director? Are you saying a female director doesn't know much about glory holes? Not in a men's bathroom. <laughs> Everybody make the rest of this episode count because we're done. Just kidding. I didn't Rip watch it. Children I, you know what? I really did love this movie. I really did like it. I thought it was the the comedy was on point. I was I'd never seen it before, obviously, but and the fact that it's only seventy nine minutes. Yeah. That's yeah, perfect. I, I thought you'd appreciate the runtime. Yeah, uh, I did appreciate the runtime. Uh, when when I got it, I saw what it was, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Todd just picked a movie about a fucking glory hole in the men's room, and then I was like, "Who's that voice? That's a familiar voice." Yeah. So I googled to see who the <laughs> and I said, "That oh, guy sold Jason. me insurance." I was like, Okay, like that J- that lent some credibility. Yeah. J-, J. Jonah Jameson is yeah. this lent some credibility why, to this film. Why is he on the other side of that glory hole? <laughs> so it is I, weird that you're like glory hole J.K. Simmons. Okay, now I'm on. Yeah, now I'm, I'm on board. No, I'm on board. I'll show you whiplash. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was gave me hope for it. I was like, okay, maybe this isn't what I think is going to be. Uh, it ended up reminding me a bit of brain damage. When Aylmer's talking uh, to Brian in that movie, so it had some of those things. I, I don't. It's fucking bizarre. Sure. And I don't like. I don't mind bizarre now and again. Like I, I was. 
don't know, it just takes you to a different fucking place. It's definitely... You don't know what you're getting when you go into that fucking movie. Am I wrong? Did you have any idea what that movie was going to be like? No, I watched the it? trailer and I got like... I was like, okay, so we're doing the... Mandy, Time Out of Color, uh, Willie's Wacky House, or whatever that Nick Cage movie is. Like, we're doing, like, we're getting these vibes from, you know, all, all, just the ethereal movies that we're doing right now. Yeah. And so, which is fine. And I like the movie. I, I did enjoy yeah. the film much more yeah. than I thought I would. Oh, yeah. I went, going into it, I've not, I've, which, just so you know, you never know what you're getting from Glory Hole. That is a fair assessment. I need to write write that down. Uh, She, uh, Rebecca McKendry is a huge Lovecraft fan, and I think that shows in this. Um, I I will say this before we really dig into it. I thought this was a much smaller scale movie based on the description, and there's clearly some effort and budget and scale put by the the last act of this movie that I, I wasn't expecting because right. she's only if I remember correctly she did like a, a Christmas horror movie for maybe like Lifetime or something like that like all the creatures were stirring or and maybe she, she did a did, Lifetime movie she just and did, then that yeah movie. she just did one of the vignettes and all the creatures were stirring okay. I don't even think she did so the whole thing she doesn't have like a long established career so I figured this was kind of like a, you know cutting her teeth on a thing for Shudder that was going to be kind of you know, isolated at this one spot, which it is, but it gets pretty big. Yeah. So you see Shutter originally, you thought, "Oh man, this is going to be rough." And it, but I, I really <laughs> Not did quite like, like it. I would get when yeah. sci-fi would have an original. <laughs> sure. Watch, but yeah. Let's, but let's yeah. be fair to Shutter here. It, so, it, yeah, they don't have a great track record, but they don't have a terrible oh, track. They had Shutter this... original for the most part. Sure you did. <laughs> It reminded me of Psycho Gorman a That's little bit. I like five dollars a month for it. <laughs> yeah, I cracked open my like, wallet for this. I looked at the cover of Psycho Gorman. I thought this is going to be bad. <laughs> I'm like that goddamn. <laughs> You're welcome, Harry. Watch Dracula while you have it. <laughs> uh, so I have never heard of this, and they actually did a screening a block from my house because um, the guy that owns uh, Roscoe's, who's done a couple movies. Knows somebody attached to this movie. Um, was it in the men's bathroom? Did they show it in there? <laughs> probably. So I think you knew somebody that produced the film or something. Line. So, anyways, they kind of screen it there and in, in the loft, and um, and so I was like, "Oh, that sounds like a goofy concept." And so um, I was like, "Well, I know Robert doesn't have Shutter, and <laughs> and Vinny likes short movies, and who doesn't love a glory hole?" So I was like, "I love a tight good. 90. Oh yeah. Love it. If you're 90 minutes or less, I'm in heaven. Fantastic. And I, the guy that plays, you know, Jason Stackhouse, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> Ryan, quit your tongue. Quit that. You got to hold your tongue to say also his name, from, right? Uh, Dead Silence. Dead Silence, yep. I think he's a really good actor. He's also in Knights of Bad Astem. I think he's not used enough. I think he's a good actor. Uh, but I really like the. You could tell he was a guy on hard times. Like mm-hmm. his hair, his beard, his desperation, the way he was acting. Like they, the writing and his acting sold that really well. And so it, it automatically pulls you in from the beginning that you're like, I'm curious what's going on with this guy. Just like Saul, that, that fantastic acting performance that's given in that. <laughs> For first time listeners, that's sarcasm from Vinny. <laughs> um, I'll be honest, I wasn't convinced he would be able to, to lead a movie. Like, I think he's a fine supporting actor. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think he did fine. Yeah. I think he did good in this. <laughs> Makes me thirsty. Uh, <laughs> yes, that is a dog, not Todd while he's talking. You should give a... Todd like a sugar water. <laughs> uh, a brief synapses. 
synopsis. Need that? Or a synopsis. Please, please. It's a synopsis. <laughs> Make sure all my synopsis are water. water. I keep laughing about this now. <laughs> so, uh, so we have Wes, who is our, our uh, main character. And um, he wakes up from a, a, a bender. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't even know what I would call what he woke up from. But um, he runs into the men's restroom because he's about to get sick. And... He, um, is it, is he told not to close the door? I don't remember at that point. But anyways, he gets trapped in the men's restroom and he finds that, uh, in the stall next to him, which has an adjacent, uh, adjacent glory hole is, uh, don't use my name in this. <laughs> you're now a uh, part of the glory hole. I'm a group glory hole. <laughs> if, if that was, if that was the truth, I'd have just like a bucket of barbecue sauce. In the grave glory hole. Uh, so anyways, uh, he starts hearing a, a odd voice, uh, next to him in the stall, and, um, he's pretty much told not to, not to look in the stall, and, um, and just things keep getting weirder from there. You can say that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love when he... Just goes off the rails and just has the breakup liquor. He's burning stuff. Oh, it's, before he gets stuck in the bathroom. Yeah, before he gets stuck in the bathroom. It's so yeah. good. And that's how he ends up with no pants on. Because <laughs> I've been there, and it's not in the bathroom, but <laughs> one time one time I got real drunk and ripped off my shirt, threw it in a fire, then kept yelling, fuck you, fire, while throwing logs in a fire. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there. Yeah. Showed him. Classic henpeck. <laughs> <laughs> the cousin of Gregory Peck. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's fun because like the the, the, the voice from the other stall is like, "You okay over there, friend?" <laughs> it's like it does have a very Elmer tone to oh, it. Oh yeah, mm. that, yeah. That delivery, and it's 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 distinctly J.K. Simmons, but it also, as you're right, it does have that sort of like playful "How you doing?" kind of uh-huh. tone, like Elmer does in Brain Damage. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, "Oh my god, uh, oh, I just touched my face. Oh god." I'm, I, I touched the toilet. I've got so much germs and bacteria. He was like, "Well, thirty-nine different bacteria, to be precise: urine, feces, vomit, and a little <laughs> bit of blood and semen." <laughs> like, what? Okay, weird. So, yeah, it is endearing. At the beginning, yeah. So it turns out that this disembodied voice that you're hearing is from like a deity. <laughs> yeah, in a bathroom, very Lovecraftian, right? Yeah, it's, it's like a. A name and a shape that your mind can't comprehend. Lovecraft always loves doing that. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't comprehend this. I'm like, no, a squid guy. That's Cthulhu, right? (laughs) So it's like, and so like this one, I'm like, hey, no, 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 you can't say my name. I'm this. Oh, yeah, no, you're a tentacle guy. (laughs) Yeah, you're you're the uh, dead man's chest guy. Pirates of the Caribbean guy. (laughs) It'd be cooler if you couldn't, right? Yeah, but I know a guy. But I know a guy. So, yeah. We get this thing where he's like, uh, to say your name, I need you to, so to to learn my name. You need to hold your tongue and say, <laughs> "Got another one." <laughs> oh no, hold it tighter. Which sounds like what? Got another one. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's it. <laughs> uh, mouthful at the glory hole. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so can we just if we, this if this deity could channel Vincent Price, what would he say? <laughs> <laughs> Back, <laughs> back, you devils! <laughs> <laughs> the only 
time there's ever been a J.K. Simmons impression on a podcast. <laughs> Congratulations. That's a gift to the world. We can take a bow now, fellas. So can we get to the point where he decides that he is going to give this glory hole deity what, it, what he thinks it wants? His wiener? Well, yeah, because the deity keeps saying, Wes, uh, I need you to satisfy me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is ultimately what spoiled my wife to not want to watch the movie with me. She's like, I, no, I'm not going to. I was full on like, we're about to see an alien penis. <laughs> <laughs> and so then he tries to stick his wiener in the glory hole, and then what does the, the being say to him? You thought your human penis was going to solve the universe's problems? What are you, your what genitals are, you, are no, of no significance. What are you doing, Wes? <laughs> <laughs> it's, such, it's such a great spin, misdirection, and I think it's a benefit of having it a It is absolutely a misdirection. You do not go into that movie. <laughs> and the dryness and of that delivery three, is great. Five minutes into it and think you're going to end up where this movie ends up. Yeah, because we're like at the halfway point when he decides to do it, right? Yeah, 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 pretty much. Well the movie, because I remember thinking, "Oh no!" <laughs> and, what does, okay. and what does he actually want, Todd? These nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Todd, do you remember what the thing was? Doesn't he? Oh, he doesn't he need some? Uh, is it his liver? Yeah, Todd, remember? He <laughs> did. I was like, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, he was full on sitting on that these nuts coming for an hour. <laughs> So he needs his liver, and he needs a, and so he, <laughs> so he takes, he's, he's, he's like, no, nope, not gonna, here. he's like, not gonna do it, not gonna do it. Then he finally decides he's gonna do it, and he starts to get ready to cut into his abdomen. <laughs> the bean takes says, a piece of bathroom glass, which should never be used as a surgical tool. <laughs> and Jason works in the medical field; he knows that. Uh, and as he starts to cut, the bean goes, ah, uh, it's on the other side, Wes. <laughs> It's so good. Uh, anybody? Anybody the, want the to? The dryness in the way he delivers it. Seven years comes to mind. Seven years uh, is how long it had been since Simmons won an actual Oscar. Before he is the voice in a glory hole, he must have loved the material because I don't think he owes anybody any favors. And it's not a no. knock against the movie, but it's like I kept, while I'm watching this, having trouble understanding. You usually don't have guys who have been nominated for an Oscar twice and won one of those doing a role where he doesn't even have screen time. He's yeah. literally a voice in a glory hole. I, I just, I can't stress that enough how unique this is. And it's not, again, a knock against the movie it's or anybody in it. makes it sound it. trashy. Yeah. Sleazy. But it's not sleazy. <laughs> it's yeah. not no. sleazy. It's really, no, it's not. It's yeah. smart, honestly. Yeah, it's, it's like very when smart. They, when they made George Clooney a voice in South Park as the dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's just a very unique element of this. Um, when you think about who that voice is and just it's surprising that he's doing it I'm glad he did he's great yeah. for it I think I, we left out I thought he I thought he did this pro bono because he's making all that insurance money maybe <laughs> we are farmers <laughs> um, and I think we left out that, that part of the reason that Jason Stackhouse is you know in such bad shape is that we're led to believe he's gone through a bad breakup and we keep getting flashbacks of this girlfriend and how he met this girlfriend. And when he starts, when he can't believe his own situation, he starts disassociating and going to those places. And the being keeps bringing him back. And so ultimately, at the end, we discover what? Uh, she's one of the latest victim of his. <laughs> He's a fucking serial killer. He's a piece of shit. Yeah. 
Yeah. That twist totally. I. Yeah. I'm a guy who smells bullshit and plots like that a lot because I've watched a lot of shit, you know. And uh, I, I didn't even that angle never even occurred to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already liked the movie up to that point, and then when it hit me, I'm like, wow, I really, really like this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a great twist. Yeah. Because it's written smarter than what that description will tell you about what the movie is. <laughs> yeah. You look at the poster, you're not picturing that. What this movie has done for glory holes is racist. <laughs> <laughs> well, something I think that's unique for this movie is frequently you'll have those uh, kind of twists and misleading things that are there just as gimmicks to throw you off. Whereas this, it keeps literally peeling back on a bigger onion yeah. and adding to it. It's not just you know, misguiding you. It's actually taking you to where it wants to and all of those things along the way add into that. Yeah. It's and, an interesting experience. And and we didn't mention either why the the uh, the deity like needs kind of like to get out when he does. Because is it his father is coming and uh, I don't know, there's the weird scene where he... I don't he, think we he, should have said that word in a glory hole movie. <laughs> <laughs> About a dollar for every time I heard <laughs> but, uh, but it's also... Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, because there's even... There's a, a guy that shows up, too, like in the middle of all this. And in between that, uh, the escape that he thinks he's like going through all this. Which which I... I feel like I'm better with my claustrophobia, but then like a movie like this or The Blair Witch, where they start crawling through this tiny asshole reminds me. Yeah. And he's going through all this effort just to crawl right back into the bathroom. Yeah, the duck uh, work. But yeah, like uh, dur- during all this, like because uh, I think he just—it's it's even when he's doing all the stuff, he still kind of like almost disbelieves, like like what's going on. So, um, so there, for for a weird, uh, easy concept, there is a lot of weird stuff going on with this movie, but yeah. but it still stays pretty basic. And we also find out. By and large, that the the father is searching for this particular demigod because he's not a good being either. Yeah, yeah. And so, kind of as they're both dying at the end, you know, the the voice says, "You know, we kind of deserve this because we're both beings of destruction." And I'm like, "Great line!" Did not expect that <laughs> 80 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, right? no shit. Yeah. Well, even the effects aren't bad with it when he cut when he kills that other guy and it, and it rains blood in the oh, in yeah. the bathroom. Mm-hmm. It's pretty solid. <laughs> the tentacles it gets very Lovecraftian and surreal with with a lot of the imagery. Yeah, that's coming through, like when they're digging into his side and everything. I mean, mm. it gets pretty nightmarish. Yeah, he's holding a human foot or a leg. <laughs> that's on the DVD cover. Well, not the well, no, streaming cover, but. <laughs> All right. Any other thoughts about Glorious? Pleasant surprise. Watch it for sure. It also won an Academy Award when John Legend did this on Glorious. (laughs) But not for this movie. Okay. I immediately (laughs) recommended it to a bunch of friends that uh, is into horror that I have. I was like, you got to watch this. It's really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing I got back was, it's a Shudder original. (laughs) (laughs) I said, trust me, it's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'd recommend it too. Yeah. Okay, what's next? And next, <laughs> we're going to have to start numbering these. Magic. 1978. Uh, this one is 
directed by Richard Attenborough and written by William uh, Goldman. It stars a very young Anthony Hopkins and Margaret Burgess Meredith and Ed Lauder. Magic. Magic. Or as I like to call it, Vinny's Sad Puppet Movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not an opera? (laughs) It wasn't an opera, no. Sad opera (laughs) movie. Vinny's Sad Puppet Movie. (laughs) Trademarking that CK. For for future projects. I actually had never seen this when I picked it. Okay. I had seen uh, I had seen it on a list, something I watched, um, and I am a guy who likes ventriloquists and puppets and shit. Was it one of the and top I, 100 movies with ventriloquist movies of all time? <laughs> what would the Hunchback of Notre Dame think about that? <laughs> so, anyway, I hadn't seen it, but I had seen the poster and I had a little, I heard, oh, Anthony Hopkins is great in it. So I just said, well, if I'm going to watch it, so is everybody else. Let's talk about it when we get done with it. Uh, having watched it, I liked it. Like, I liked it a lot. I'll get into why more more of that later, but that my initial thing is I, I did really like it when I was done with it. So weirdly, like, and I realized uh, when I put it together, I was like, wait, he wasn't at the drive-in the first night because they played right. this. <clears throat> so I hadn't. I, I've only seen this. I think that might have been the third time was at the drive-in a few weeks ago. Um, originally, I don't know. I felt like I've heard of the title. I was never familiar with what it was. And a while back, AMC Fear Fest had been playing it, and I kind of like looked at the schedule and I was trying to find movies that I hadn't seen in a long time or never seen to record them. So I recorded this, watched it, and it. It pretty much blew me away. Like, I wasn't... A, a lot of things I wasn't expecting, so... Um, I definitely didn't know Anthony Hopkins was in it either when I first watched it, so... All pleasant surprises. Uh, I have seen this movie a number of times. It's actually one of my favorite haunted doll movies, whatever you want to call that. Um, so when you got... When, when it, that message came to me that we were doing that movie, <laughs> I was very excited. Because most people don't know this movie at all. Nice. Yeah, so you, you can't show your excitement either when you get these posts because they'll change their title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you wanted to watch this? No, nope, oh, you're happy. <laughs> Sorry, bitch. Because well, I, I was surprised. That, um, I mean, now that you say you didn't see it, I thought maybe somebody definitely was a big fan of it. But yeah, I, I mean, I, I have this poster. It's I'm not it's not nice. hanging up yet, but I love this movie. Uh, because it scared the shit out of me as a kid. <laughs> now watching it again as adult several times, you get a lot of more of the layers, but. Yeah, the doll freaked. There's a scene in the movie where the doll's looking out the window when Anthony Hopkins leaves, and that scared the shit out of me as a kid. My biggest regret with watching this for the first time... (laughs) I can tell it's going to be something smart ass. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't keep my poker face. You showed it too soon. (laughs) He's going to shit all over me right now. I, I just wish that I had watched this before I watched Dead Silence. Because this just feels like a rip-off of Dead Silence. <laughs> oh, <ooh. laughs> God, he gave that's me these scissors. 20-plus years ahead. That's why I was <laughs> laughing. I, <laughs> I'm just bullshitting. This movie's fine. It's it's good. It, it like Legit, it's a good movie. I don't love it, but yeah, I, I'm not upset for watching he it. He also had just watched Goosebumps, so... You know. <laughs> yeah, I, I prefer Slappy from Goosebumps, <laughs> but... 
this well, guess where Slappy came from? <laughs> this fucking movie. Slappy. Slappy. <laughs> that's not even a joke. That's real. <laughs> so, no, I, I kid, but it, it it's a good movie. It's, yeah. Yeah, this is one that I had seen, I, I don't know, I've probably seen this five or six times at least, and I, I thought I'd be the mark at the table, but Jason is a bigger fan than me, uh, which is awesome. I think this is a... Uh, one of the most underrated horror movies of the 70s, which is a very celebrated decade, because this one has, I think, lost some of its traction in years since. But this was a big deal when it came out. The director is, you know, welcome to Jurassic Park. <laughs> I mean, that's the guy directing this. He wasn't known for directing. He was an established actor. And so you got that. And then that it also, for a lot of people, was the chance to see Anne-Margaret nude. There's a scene in there you get with that. Yeah. How do you and like them apples? Anthony Hopkins, and, and most importantly, and one we, thing I want to stress... see him there, too. One thing I want to stress before we get into the movie is a lot, that... A lot of The trailer for this is one of the best of all time. The, it, this has a trailer that it, it was known for more even so than the movie. The trailer scared the shit out of people because it just pans in on the dummy. And it like legitimately got under people's skin. It got people in the theaters to see it. I, I seen you make that comment, and I I meant to. I've never seen the trailer. I love watching trailers too, by the way. But check it I, out when you. I, I meant to try to watch it before the podcast, but yeah. See, so, yeah, great pick. I'm glad glad we're covering it. Yeah, years ago at Cinema Wasteland, uh, one of the bootleg guys was selling uh 200 movie trailers of like the scariest movie trailers, and that that one's on there. It's fucking mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, nice. You want to get into the basics of it? Sure. <clears throat> so. Uh, Anthony Hopkins' character was it? Is it? What's his name? Is it Corky? Corky. Corky. Okay, so, so I Cor- thought they were calling him Conky. But it was just like <laughs> kind of their accents, like Corky. <laughs> so Corky is. That, oh my god, that may be where they got Conky from. Go ahead. <laughs> okay, we have derailed. We again, again. Conky is this uh, shitty. Amateur night magician. Uh, I, feel, it, I feel like he was one of your characters. Is he like he's the protege of an ailing, yeah, uh, performer. And I feel like he's performing at the same things from when a stranger calls back. <laughs> 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 right after the guy who's painted black doing the drums, oh, and then and then followed by the Joker doing stand up, like a like a magic open mic night. <laughs> So get on with it. He's the shitty, (laughs) shitty magician. Uh, And then you fast forward to later. Uh, Basically, he has become a ventriloquist, which has changed the dynamic of the magic act much more because now it's comedy and now it's magic and it's ventriloquism, and it's hitting really big. Burgess Meredith is like this guy's manager. Uh, Burgess Meredith is fucking <laughs> a fucking treasure. Yeah. So a treasure. Like, he's got him punching raw meat, and he's getting really good. <laughs> like I've Did always, you watch the same I've always liked Burgess Meredith, yeah. but the older I get and the more I discover of things that he did in his career, that motherfucker was so good, and I don't think there's enough said about him. All the way well, back to Mice and Men. I mean, yes. like, he was so good. Now, like when I watch Rocky, I would think that you would like Burt Young better than Burgess <laughs> Meredith. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those fighting words. <laughs> Burgess Meredith would have made a great poop deck pappy, by the way. And a Popeye live action. I could dig that. Ray Walston was good, but he would be great. <laughs> anyway, so his career's turning around. Think he's getting big. 
and uh, he's getting a lot more opportunities. He's actually he's on television a lot. The talk he's famous. The dude is famous, and uh, basically they got him. Burgess Meredith's getting ready to cook him up and give him a big deal, change his life, and uh, he fucking disappears. Yeah, because he was about to ink a deal with NBC. Is it? He's gonna get an actual sitcom with this doll. Yeah, so he uh, freaks out and leaves, and something's wrong. But I don't want him poking around my brains. Yes, because he was—he's gonna have to have a, basically yeah. a full workup, mental and physical, for NBC, for them to give him this contract. That, that's standard procedure, and he's real has a real aversion to that. So, which is fiction because Charlie Sheen would have never had a career. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the first point in the movie where you think, okay, something's wrong here. Like yeah. you, you yeah. don't have a, any yeah. inkling until then. So he basically goes back to his old hometown, and uh, I think this also I'll just say I just cross my mind. This is going to be a new winter watch for me. This I think would be a good late November, early December type of watch. I can dig that. Um, so he goes back home and he goes to this this basically a bed and breakfast or there's a little cabin on a lake and it's being taken care of by a girl he went to school with played by Ann Margaret who is an old he had a crush on her for a long time she owns this place with her husband who's mostly he's very distant and mostly gone and they haven't even really been running the business so while he's there you can tell she's kind of followed his career a little bit, um, loves the doll, yada, yada. They're really starting to hit things off with each other. And then uh, you start to get a glimpse more and more that e- the either... You, you start to think the doll's, doll's alive. Yeah. You know, is how it's being presented. And that, So you basically you find out by the time Burgess Meredith finally found him, the cabbie who drove him out there knocked him out. And uh, catches him arguing with himself in both voices. Full-on argument meltdown. That shit is so embarrassing, let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Burgess Meredith's like, man, why, why didn't you tell me? You know, you're, you're a mess. So anyway, Burgess Meredith basically goes off to, he's going to get him some help. See, yeah. And uh, so old boy goes out and murders yeah. him with the Corky. Corey's like, I will not be looking at the the flowers, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. He says Can you not can you, can you not have him talk for five minutes? Yeah. We haven't said the name of the doll. Yeah, Fats. 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 Fats is the name of the doll. Can can Fats not talk for five minutes? And that scene yes. is fucking edge of your seat because you know this dude is off his rocker and you also feel the the fear within Burgess Meredith who does a wonderful job of portraying it without spelling it out with words where two guys two guys in that scene just yeah I have walked into a bear trap didn't think I was but he realizes like uh oh like I'm out of here this is bad he's crazy crazy it's like Corky sits in time out when you're a kid and you keep asking can I get up now has it been five minutes? Can yep. I yeah, exactly. And it just starts to unravel from there. Uh, but before that, one line that Burgess Meredith says that I love is when the whole deal starts to fall apart and he's going to disappear. And he walks in the office and he goes, what's the one line I always told you about this business? Never forget that an actor killed Lincoln. Yep. That's right. First rule of being an agent. <laughs> he, he's got so many good ones in this Never movie. Never forget that an actor killed Lincoln. And he's... 
And throughout this movie, Burgess Meredith is very reserved for what you've seen him play in the past. He plays mm-hmm. things pretty even keeled throughout the entire thing. His movements are slow and deliberate. Like even when he brings that bit. sitcom guy, and he's in, you know they're going to watch Corky perform, and he's smoking that cigar. The way he drags on that cigar, and the oh, guy yeah. asks, "What's the name of the doll?" Fats. Like he just his yeah. delivery is great. Yep. You can tell that he is a man who is self assured. And has pull in the industry that he's a yes. part of. Yeah. Yes. The other line that he has is, which is my favorite line in the movie. That you're the one you said being a close second is, uh, "Corky, I'm sitting here with three lawyers, and their IQs must add up to a <laughs> hundred." <laughs> it's so he kills Burgess Meredith and. Uh, Doll to the face. Doll, yeah, beats him to death I, with I, the doll. I wish he would have made like some penguin noises. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> the record machine. <laughs> That's good. So he paddles out his body because Fats has told him to. How to, you know you got to go dispose of it, and goes and drops the body in the lake and weights it down. And that's the scene that's shit. Made me shit my pants as a kid because that's when Fats is staring out the window as Corky drags Burgess Meredith's body into the lake. Yeah, so then Anne Margaret's husband basically it's come to, do you want to leave with me? He's going to take her with him. They're going to run away together, which would be wonderful for her, apparently. Because she has no idea what the fuck is really going on. And so her husband shows back up. And not too thrilled that a man's been staying there, let alone one he knows from high school. You're a washed-up high school hero. This dude's nationally famous now, along with your old lady. Classic dick name, too. Duke. <laughs> yeah. So he, uh, And when you look like Duke and your old lady looks like Anne Margaret, you got to watch out. <laughs> yeah. you got to go. Yeah, you're on defense all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're blocking penises by a left and right. Fucking <laughs> Jeff Dunham rolled in. And your old lady's ready to take off. Man, that would be the, the worst. The weird part about this to me is like, okay, they fall in love or Terry whatever. Vader, I can understand. And it's some of the most... Un- when they when they get it on, some of the most unsexy kissing I've ever seen in a movie, even for 1978. It's like if two people with numb mouths from the dentist just rub their faces together. It's isn't, so bad. Isn't there a scene where she's walking away and Fats goes, Jeez, she got that thing on a swivel? Yeah. <laughs> You're Fats, that's pretty good. So, yeah. It, this movie, i tell you what really thrilled me about this movie. I... Love the Batman the Animated Series and the rogues gallery that they had in that. This movie proved to me that you could pull off and like the next Batman movie, you could do the ventriloquist and Scarface and get away with it. <laughs> it could be done. If you played this angle with it, it you could sure be could. done. Yeah. It'd be a very delicate balance, but this movie did it so well. I think that's why I was duped as a kid. Like I thought for sure this is an evil doll movie. I didn't see anything else that was going on besides the awkward kissing. And uh, I just, I still, I think I believed when I was 10 that it, oh, that's just an evil doll. I this, never knew that it was a none crazy of this person. Movie feels removed from reality. So I was sold the whole time that it was just him going crazy until Fats kills Duke. Yeah, so, wow. yeah. And so for me, that's the twist. I was like, oh my God, it was the doll. And I didn't think that. 
But it's not the doll. <laughs> Old boy's behind a curtain yeah. moving its arm. Yeah, I was like, it was magic. Yeah, that's when you. That's when it connects right there. <laughs> nope. Which uh, that that was a big twist. You're right, though. That was a good twist. Oh yeah. I don't think a lot of movies. Uh, I feel it's weird when they when they're when they want to remake something. Now they're like, what's the biggest movie that everybody talks about that's going to hate us for remaking it? I would remake a movie like this because I think you could do a lot with with magic. You could even kind of go. Um, I almost kind of wonder if Child's Play was kind of like they love magic so much, and they're like, well, what if everybody thinks that you know it's the kid doing it and the doll's not doing shit, and then boom, the doll comes alive. Yeah, I could totally see that. I, this movie was a much bigger deal when it came out, and I'm sure it influenced people up into the 80s and 90s. I, I think probably the reason it lost uh, probably the stamina is because 78, I feel like everybody continued to talk about Halloween. Yeah. But uh, my buddy John said this scared the shit out of him as a kid, and he's about, he's a few years older than me, and uh, he said as a kid it scared him to death. Well, and, and if you didn't know it, it, it hurt the career of Anne Margaret and. Anthony Hopkins. They hmm. they no longer made films. They place. hated each yeah. other. Yeah. Hated each other. Wonder whatever happened to them. Yeah. Listen, guys. There's two people from Grumpy Old Men in this movie. <laughs> yes, really yeah. so true. Yeah. And yeah. one person who was you know side <laughs> co-acted next to Elvis. Yeah. Yeah. So you should have loved it. <laughs> have you ever seen Viva Las Vegas? Uh, no, but you've shown me the dance numbers from it. Elvis's best. Did you movie. show him the dance numbers, or you performed them for him? <laughs> performed. Yes. yes. I just so, had my phone on on the table. You did the Anne Margaret. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did so, the, all the Anne Margaret. So, so Vinny did the dance, and then said, "Now watch the video and tell me how well <laughs> I did." This is the weirdest episode we've ever recorded. Do you realize when you think back to some of the material we've covered? At the beginning, that was that it, it feels like it was a week ago. <laughs> we have covered a lot of weird ground, boys. I like it. Listen, last night I officiated a wedding, their wedding reception. Uh, you guys know him, the owner of Famous Monster Pizza, got real drunk and is a huge Elvis fan and danced to Jailhouse Rock. Yes, <laughs> nice. You gotta edit that out now. <laughs> nah, you'll be fine. I didn't say his name. <laughs> All right, alleged. Any more to say about magic before we move along? Uh, here? So. Duke thinks he banged his old lady. Psst, he was right. Uh, so he, he gets murdered, and his body is also disposed <laughs> That's of. That's what he and gets he, for having Cujo. And, and, and Margaret's like, no, I want to tell him before I split. We've shared a lot of years together, you know. I'm at least going to tell him face-to-face that I'm leaving. And uh, then Fats starts insulting her and telling her how everything that Anthony Hopkins has done has been bullshit, and he uses on people, <laughs> all, women all the time. Uh, she cusses him and goes back to the house, and then Fats starts to let him know, "Hey, man, you're uh, you're gonna have to ball up. I'm tired of being the one <laughs> carrying us through everything. So now you, I want you to go kill her." <laughs> and he's like, "But I can't." And he says, "Go kill her." Uh, so yeah, he comes back. There's apparently been a struggle, and he's stabbed too. And it turns out he stabbed himself, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, was reminded that because uh, we watched this at the drive-in and none of them had even heard of this. I just remember they were talking about the sex scene and the the doll. There, <laughs> I can't remember if it was Corey or Macy was like, "I thought the dummy was gonna get up and have a threesome with him." <laughs> if they remade it, it would. Yeah. Uh, man, so so Anthony Hopkins in the end finally he offed himself. 
He passed himself away. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's a pretty intense final scene with him and Fats. Like, I, man, this movie's real good. Mm. This movie's real good. I, I, I feel like they got... Um, and I'm sure at the time they didn't push for it. They would have pushed now to be like, no, the dummy has to be alive. We need lots of gore, more titties. And a couple sequels. And they would have ruined it. <laughs> this, Gene Wilder was supposed to play Corky. No shit. Yeah, Gene Wilder. Well, that would have been a different... As, that would have been... like Willy Wonka. It might have been better. That might have been Like, because he could really if Like, to give crazy. him a straight role and have him yeah. get nutty. Yeah, because he could do yep. both. That actually... I think that'd be cool. That'd be nuts. No, do you guys like Anthony Hopkins... Uh, acting in the final uh, third of this movie better than the Wolfman remake? <laughs> by far. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're trolling, but by far. Toddy, how much do you want a Fats Origin prequel? I mean, we got it, don't we? Is that Dead Silence? Yeah. Is it Goosebumps? Uh, I don't know. I was just going with it. I just wrote it while we were talking, though. <laughs> Boy, we better move to this fourth <laughs> film and get things wrapped up. Hey, everybody yeah, needs their to, beds. Yeah, we need to get to a normal movie. So hey, we'll get to my Anthony Hop- I love that Anthony Hopkins gets credited twice in this movie as yes. Fats and Corey. And they're not what even right touch. next to each other in yeah. the credits. Like, it's alphabetical, so yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah. Did he actually ventriloquize <laughs> this that's his mm-hmm. that's him doing both voices I don't know if he actually threw his voice okay. I think he, he just did for a lot of it for some of you it he did you can the, tell the, yeah. he's got it you down. can tell he he has a uh, prepared for a, it he's prepared he has a basic knowledge at, at minimum yeah. of ventriloquism if you, if you watch the latest scenes you can catch him going like learn to throw your voice <laughs> <laughs> he's like when he's in the mirror you can see him uh, I think he's uh Substituting his V's with THs. That's a ventriloquist trick on, on how you do that without moving lips. And but yeah, he studied real magic. So took us to school. I did. And this, right. I mean, I'm being serious. When R.L. Stein loves this movie so much that that's where Slappy comes from. Nice. Now you're now you're talking Avenger Speed. Yeah, <laughs> we're into two movies in a row with, with Oscar talent. Yeah, that, has, that might be a yeah. first on the show. And Margaret never. Uh, but she may have too. I felt. I, felt I just. Like, I know the other two have. Burgess didn't he get an Oscar for Rocky? No, he I would have gave her Oscar for them titties. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, round of third and head and home. I would recommend Magic yeah. to any anybody that's serious about, especially more of a from a history. If, if angle. you don't, if you're like a solely slashers, right? Horror fan. This this isn't for you. Uh, but if, if you're a fan of the genre in a broader sense, you will really enjoy it. If you like creepy. psychological horror, this yeah. is right up your alley. Too, so I, feel, I feel like if you love Anthony Hopkins, there's no way you could not look. Because yeah. if you love Silence of the Lambs, I think that this would still be up your alley. Good choice. Yeah, if you're a nerd, yeah. watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, I'm, I'm serious. I almost cried when I saw it when you guys listed it. Because I was like... Yes, somebody knows about this movie. I've had a lot of my time to shine. I've had a lot of awkward conversations at cons. Hey, have you ever seen Magic? You mean like a guy doing magic? No. You like cards? The movie? Yeah, yeah. You like magic? Get him away from my table. Like Magic Mike? What? You like magic? Look at the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) Is that the guy from uh, Monster Squad? Leaving messages for you? Let's not talk about that. Reach reach into the popcorn bowl. All right, let's <laughs> move it along. I'll make this disappear. Oh my gosh. 
to... forgot we were recording. <laughs> God Told Me To, 1976, written and directed by Larry Cohen, starring Tony B- Bianco, Deborah Riffin, Sandy Dennis, I'm Real Thirsty, and Richard Lynch, and uh, Andy Kaufman. Todd, are you drinking that sugar water? <laughs> I, I, I came up out of my chair when Andy Kaufman came on the screen. Oh, yeah. I said, ah! Yeah. I know him! I know him. I think uh, if we didn't mention also Sylvia Sidney, who is in uh, Beetlejuice as the coach and dates yep. back yes. to movies yep. in the 30s. Yes. Uh, and don't forget, I came out of my chair when I saw that the police chief was Mel from Sleepaway Camp! Yeah. Yep. Oh, oh. <laughs> He's a lot more responsible in this movie. I gotta have <laughs> I'm gonna have to request you don't do that no more. <laughs> you guys hit all three things that I underlined. <laughs> That's all my notes. Cool. Thanks for checking it out. All but right. you didn't hit one. Professor <laughs> The grandpa, the, the the doctor is the grandpa from Son-in-Law. So <laughs> Ooh, nice. Whittle wood with me. <laughs> Get some funky chicken. You know who's in Star Trek? <laughs> Who picked this one again? In this movie? Who picked this movie? Professor. This is me. Uh, okay, it. so, full disclosure, I, I put my nuts on the table for this one because I know this movie isn't for everybody, but it's so out there and unique that I wanted to make sure we covered it at some point, especially uh, with Larry Cohen showing up on this episode uh, numerous times. So, um, yeah, that's mainly why I picked it. I, I personally enjoy it uh, for some reasons we'll get into. Uh, this was maybe the third viewing I had, and I wanted to watch the new scan that Blue Underground had done. And I know that Grizz had gotten it in a stack of movies for free, so I wanted to. Which is his out favorite? <laughs> yes. So I'm interested uh, everybody's history with this if they'd seen it before. That's gonna be a no for me, dog. <laughs> I've never seen. I never heard of it. Uh, I like Larry Cohen. This is my first viewing for this. First viewing, familiar with the film because uh. If- few years ago, I saw the trailer, because I'd never heard of it, and it has a bonkers trailer, so yeah. I, I've, I've always wanted to see it, but had never watched it, so uh, first time viewing. This is my first time viewing, but I had seen it, but it was titled as Demon, instead of God Told Me To. Oh, yeah. Mm. yeah. It was released, is that one? Yeah. So, I, But I, I always thought it was interesting. You read the back of the, the DVD, and then, oh, that sounds cool, but I never watched it. Hmm. So, uh, it's very common with Larry Cohen. He, he was big on uh, police procedural. So, that's a huge portion of the first half of this movie. Um, and so, uh, we open with a pretty wild scene. I I'm, would imagine it was even more wild back then. Uh, we are much more yeah. accustomed to, yeah. uh, unfortunately, some of the events that we see play out with a mass shooter. Yeah. Um, but we, we open the film in Manhattan with a guy perched up on a water tower who is picking off people at random. He has to hit at least 10 or 15 of them um, before we have our, who will be our main character for the film, uh, an NYPD detective, uh, Peter Nicholas, who climbs up to the top of the water tower to interact with him to try and calm the situation and disarm him. Um, And so he basically goes back and forth with him on questions before the guy attributes doing this because, title of the movie, God told me to. (laughs) Uh, he then flings himself off of the water tower in what is a pretty surprising visual. 
uh, because they're actually filming this in what appears to be Midtown Manhattan. Um, and, and that, I assume, with zero permits. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah, which he always did that. Right. Uh, Q, I think, is when he got in actual legal trouble because they were firing shots up from the top oh, of like wow. the Chrysler building. <laughs> but he would go rogue on this stuff. Um, one of the other scenes that's early in the film at the, at the parade, that's uh, that's Todd watching videos while I'm talking. Um, <clears throat> is, uh, that's advertising. So he, anyways, we have the mass shooter fling himself off in that situation, put to bed, and our detective wakes up. Uh, from a, a nightmare recollection of it. Uh, so obviously this is something he's been struggling with. We then have it play out uh, with more events, a mass stabbing at a supermarket, uh, a man who murders his wife and children, and a mass shooting during a St. Patty's parade by a familiar cop, Andy Kaufman, uh, who wasn't quite the star that he would go on to become. first movie, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. Um, and so in each of these instances, when they interact with the perpetrator, they say... God told them to. And so they have this very alarming situation in New York City where uh, we're having these unpredictable attacks on people, and they're all attributing it to the same thing. Thoughts on the uh, the initial setup? Initially, I, and back me up here, fellow gun nerd, I said, that's a hell of a shot with a twenty two. Oh, man. <laughs> and also, squibs for days. These are... The well, old school squibs that just they, these were <sighs> these were water balloon squibs, like just <laughs> yeah. bursting with pink red yeah. blood. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And and I like that they make that point. They're like, this guy barely knew how to handle a gun. There's no way he could have made those shots. And he, when he wakes up from his nightmare and he's talking to his his girlfriend, he's like, it's like maybe his shots were guided by God. <laughs> and she's like, come on, get out of here, get real, like. You know, but like it's it is super strange that he was able to make those shots. And it's such I love a good dirty seventies movie. Like the way the film looks is so This immediately went on my grimy New York Mm -hmm. playlist. Yes. On on IMDb. Which is the New York I want to go to. (laughs) I wish I was as tough as that lead cop actor's five o'clock shadow. Um, I don't know. Opening scene, I I kind of thought would man. I I think it would still hit audiences today because, like, man, it just kind of made me think of like Vegas and some of the recent events where you're just kind of like at a concert or just walking down the street and stuff, and somebody's just opening fire. Um, I think it's bizarre that you see people going down by by bullets though, and there's. I, I almost felt like it's still that New York mentality of like, eh, somebody's getting shot, but I'm still going to work. <laughs> I mean, there were people taking cover, but I, I guess it was kind of more of like a, people were just falling down. People don't even know what's going on yet. But. Yeah. yeah. Hey, what the fuck's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> Quit acting stupid. <laughs> Trying to get a slice of you. <laughs> get up, dummy. Don't get shot. I'm walking in. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's a it's a very engaging uh, opening act of the film because it, it's shrouded in mystery, but at the same time, uh, seeing this stuff play out in real time in New York City, I think adds a lot to it because you're in this congested, crowded place with these unpredictable events that are <laughs> unfolding. Uh, so as we get into the second act, it's more of kind of what you would expect with a detective mm-hmm. and uh, kind of tracking down and chasing leads to try and figure out where... If there is a common thread, this is stemming from. And so we get that first cue that something might be strange <laughs> when doesn't he get injured at the first shooter? And he's like, I don't remember ever really being hurt before. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's it's more something is happening where it's more than just a, a traditional gun violence and and acts of, of mass carnage. Um, they also have to combat kind of opportunistic copycats where they're kind of trying to figure out if we've got people that are enacting their own crimes either for purpose or thrill and then just saying God told me to. So you have that kind of starting to swell and you think maybe that's where this movie's headed is kind of complete anarchy in in New York City. Uh, But at the same time, we also have a trail beginning to lead to a particular cult leader. Cult leader. I said leader. Leader Bernard Phillips, uh, who some of them are associating with him doing this Psychologically, like he's controlling people even from afar to do these things. Um, and so, as this detective pokes around more and more, he, we end up with one of the followers actually instructed and in going down to try and kill him out of while he's waiting to get on the subway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, this is where the movie really flips the switch uh, for viewers to strap into what is a complete 180 on what is built up, I think, on purpose as a traditional kind of situation into. The exact opposite. Uh, So this follower is unsuccessful in trying to push him over, and it results in getting him to take him back to this Mr. Phillips, Bernard Phillips, uh, where when they get there, they go in the elevator, and then the follower who has brought him there kills himself. It's I don't I. It's like because he has given away the location. Yeah, I'm I'm done. I'm going to kill myself. Um, And so the brief meeting with the cult leader. it's so weird. <laughs> the rest of the movie is so just unhinged, um, which can only come from Larry Cohen. So basically, this is the guy who's glowing, right? Right, <laughs> Richard Lynch, who it, it's just naturally weird, even without those effects put around him. Anything he was in, he's kind um, of unsettling. Richard, Richard, he was probably like the sweetest guy, but man, that dude terrified me in any movie he was in. Yeah, he's just naturally unsettling. So in their their brief meeting. Uh, even in that time, he convinces our detective, uh, Peter, that he's special. And so he's got him basically backed off and questioning where his origins come from. Uh, thoughts on things starting to get weird? So we get these origin stories about uh, the cult leader's mother and that it was a virgin birth and that uh, they found her running naked along the road. And then when she recounts the story, she's taken up into this thing and she's put in this warm spot. And so then when the detective starts tracking down this other lady who has a similar story, it's the same story. She's taking up to this thing, putting into this weird UFO looking thing. And the UFO has something that looks a bit like a vagine, yeah. if you will. <laughs> I, lo- I love that you classed it up. <laughs> And so we now have two ladies telling this strange story about this, you know, immaculate conception sort of like idea. A ball of light. Yeah, a ball of light. And I'm glad that they got the ball of light because I just got raped by a jackal. Woo! <laughs> 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 oh, that's a great open callback. Uh, and so, um, so you get the cult leader is the, obviously that one is her mother. And then now, and just while this old lady is telling the story, the detective puts together, he's like, huh? Well, I guess she could be my mom. <laughs> She's like, why do you hurt me? <laughs> Cause the 
whole time I put it together in my head, even in the headspace I was in. I'm like, oh yeah, that's his mom. And he's like, huh, you might be my mom. I'm like, that's good detective work. <laughs> he's, he's had a rough streak. You're right. He has. He's trying to shave through that stubble. <laughs> I'm that just curious uh, for the rest of you guys what your initial reaction was when you realized... Oh, this isn't going to be a normal detective movie. That yeah, that's fully what I. What, well, I mean, they, yeah. they lull you into that, and yeah. then you're like, oh, 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 okay. <laughs> Readjust yourself in your seat. Oh, okay. Let's see where this is going. I mean, there was a little like you get a little sense of what's going to happen. Like, I couldn't wrap my mind around it in the beginning when he's like, he's a he's a hardcore Catholic, but he's willing to cheat on his wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I couldn't couldn't well, pick it you up. Do, you do things with the hua. The, with the, the, hula? the, the, the hula? you wouldn't do with your wife. Yeah, I didn't say like Sopranos. Oh. Uh, <laughs> You're Gumar. Yeah, you do things. You do things that are a bit more nasty. A little bit nasty with your side lady. You don't. You don't have to get in because the, the mother of your children. You, you don't do those things with her. So you just bring filth back to her. I just imagine that <laughs> Abner had his pants off the entire. You were naked during this whole movie. As soon as they said, as soon as they went religious, you were like, well. <laughs> oh man, I start. I put on my my little hat. Which, uh, <laughs> yeah. Start really teaching you guys some things here in a minute when we get there. He was like, "Excuse me, I gotta go make yeah. myself." You were halfway you there, half camo, half preacher gear. <laughs> you yeah, were halfway there, and then Mel popped on. You're like, "Well, all right." <laughs> but to no, answer I went your question, professor, there was a question. Yes, how long ago? Uh, <laughs> Fifty minutes. But uh, uh, this movie definitely threw me off because I was not expecting the angle it took. I was just, because it's Larry Cohen, so I I was expecting, because all the random people saying God told me to, that there was something there, just not where the movie went. Because that's that's what was interesting for me the first time I watched this, is is they waited just long enough to where I had actually backed off (laughs) from thinking it was going to get too crazy. Yeah, Yeah. And that's what I thought was uh, a lot of fun on that initial viewing. Um, So we'll wrap this up here. He basically, once he starts learning more uh, with the history and uh, getting information like from the the nun, uh, who I love her performance. I don't know her backstory. She sure seems like she was probably just an authentic local yeah. uh, that participated knowing Larry Cohen and she doesn't seem like a trained actress but there's a there's a very uh, charming presence to her on screen I like that uh, interaction between them uh, but so he ends up going back and, and confronting uh, the cult leader and gets the truth uh, that basically they are they were born from extraterrestrials but one is more human and one is more not that's because one has an ab vagina Yes. <laughs> and so, uh, you know... If I may. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so this is this is late night History Channel ancient aliens type stuff. Oh, that, here we go. That it is, there, there is this idea of divinity, but that God is this idea from an extraterrestrial source. And when he says that there's a recessive gene, what he's saying is when they split... All right. You ready for a new word? Y'all, this is the mystical hillbilly yeah. <laughs> in full effect. All right. This is why I picked it. So in order- Y'all ever like ate Laffy Taffy and drank a bunch of cognac later now? Todd has. So, uh, say this word with me. Hypostatic. 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 You said it like it was going to be hard to say. <laughs> yeah, it's just different, right? So, so an orthodox Christian belief is that Jesus has a hypostatic union... 
in that he is fully human and fully divine. He's not 50-50, right? So he's not half human, half divine. Like Pink Flamingo's divine. A little bit, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so fully human, fully God. And so all your mainline churches believe that. Catholic, Lutheran, Presbyterian, you name it, right? So it's a hypostatic union. So when he explains this recessive gene, it's that this split off is that one stayed in the divine lineage and the other one stayed in the human lineage. And so that's why... This one guy glows like fucking Marvin the Martian, right? And the other guy <laughs> looks like a normal human being, right? Mm-hmm. And so the and also too, the guy has a side vagine <laughs> consistent with Jesus's side wounds. And so I was like, "Damn, Cohen went deep on yeah, this." He, and I didn't know it until after I'd watched it that he he went hardcore with the Bible, yeah, and really trying to pull things to write into his own, obviously insane story, yeah, uh, with a lot of it. But it, there's a lot more here for people that. That want it, yeah, yeah, uh, which I find wild. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Phillips, hermaphrodite, uh, <laughs> wanting to party and create um, a combination of the. Of one, this. one of my notes is he wants to get it on. Oh boy, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> to, to basically begin a master race and our detective. He's not down with that. These two New York rest shit, buddy. Yeah. Hey, fuck um, you! <laughs> you fucking asshole! What is this, boys on the side? Right? So, basically, we end up with that showdown uh, with our cult leader killing himself and Peter being arrested for it. It's got the great scene where they're they're taking him in and he stops for the, the cameras and the reporters and they ask him. That was great. God, God told me to. Um, and so... And it's like God or the extraterrestrials destroy the building while they're in it. Yeah, and so with this movie, it's one of the only movies I've ever watched where I didn't think it was some like like high level intelligence where I couldn't keep up with it. But its pace, like it didn't care about explaining every little thing and hitting you over the head with it. I, I mean, it moves so fast that by the end you're like, "What just happened? Oh yeah, holy shit!" Yeah. But then you start thinking about it, and it's like. It's easy to just summarily dismiss it as insane and, and going off the rails at the end and that being a, a crazy movie. But it's like, if you really take the time to think about what you watched, it's still insane, but there's more going on there if you want to dig into it. And so it was one that I at least, at minimum, wanted to, to make sure we discussed on the podcast at some point, even if everybody didn't enjoy it. So yeah, that is God told me to. I, I enjoyed it. I didn't expect it the way it was, but yeah, it was definitely a good, definitely a good movie. And one I wouldn't have watched on my own. No, yeah, I definitely wouldn't. I but, mean, I, like I said, I've seen Demon, but... I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, like, again, watching the trailer's disturbing enough, so it's like... I want to say, and maybe it's just... Uh, maybe it's just what I put in my head, but I was thinking there's, like, a scene where they're, like, they're killing babies and stuff in the trailer, and maybe I'm combining that with The Omen, who knows, but... Um, Were you watching them both at the same time? I did. <laughs> what a- Dual screen. <laughs> I watched one at, one in fast forward and one in backwards. Alien titties. Uh, but um, <laughs> alien titties is a real thing. It wasn't <laughs> kind of. I, I do like that this is kind of a prequel to the stuff because um, I'm sure that if we would have saw the scene that um, secretion comes out of the side badge and that's the stuff. <laughs> Uh, no, I really enjoyed this movie. It is definitely not what I expected, and it's—I uh, I don't know if I think if it wouldn't have had like the um, 
where it took it to. I think if it would have just been a movie where a bunch of people lose their mind and kill, it would have been too heavy. And also not very Larry Cohen either. But. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> it's certainly unlike anything I've ever seen before. But that's what you go to Larry Cohen for. Yeah. Right? And so, yeah, I can't say that this is an annual watch, but... Uh, it's definitely on my grimy New York City playlist, so that when I'm like, ah, I feel like revisiting the city tonight. I'm surprised. I expected at least half the table to hate this, so I'm glad everybody at least got something out of it. Are you going to at least make a, a double feature with like cruising <laughs> and then God told me to? Yeah, that would probably be the. It's funny when I think about it. That cruising is on my grimy New York City list. So if I if I want to go for the weirdest grimy double feature. Get out that yellow bandana. I, if, I was going to say, I bet if you rewatch God Told Me To, you'll see a bunch of yellow bandanas. <laughs> but what about the fact that you didn't know what henpecked was, but you know what hypostatic means? <laughs> That's what Wait. makes this hillbilly so mystical. <laughs> I got time for words like that. Well, it's interesting. And, you know, the hills and the hollers where I come from are also similar to the hills and hollers where I trained in divinity out in California. <laughs> I'm I'm glad that we could uh, use some of your expertise though on the comparison <laughs> of the the dual portions sort of there. Like, yeah, I was like because yeah, I'd, I'd read about it, but I didn't know enough to try and tackle that on the show. I'm going to use it the next time at church. I'm going to look real smart. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, pastor, is that the the hypostatic? Is it the hypostatic theory? Or is it? And somebody goes, "Wow, that's a cool fact you got." I'm going to take God money. Told me. I'm going to take money out of the offering. <laughs> So you, you're paying me for Let's this. hope you don't yes. forget what you were talking about and be like, side bad. <laughs> you know, like Jesus. All right? All right. All right. All right. If, if you're still listening, thank you so much. <laughs> There's no way anybody finished this. This has probably been the weirdest 90 minutes of the It's been a journey. I feel like I'm going to get blamed for this. No, no, no. It's, it's been fun. Happy birthday. <laughs> I just dropped in to see what condition my condition was in. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, uh, I think I'm Grizzly Amber, uh, and I've been joined by Professor Wagstaff. Then it was Vinny. Hot Toddy. Jason the Glory Hole McCrib McCullough. <laughs> sleazy Toddy. Sleazy Toddy. Sleazy Toddy. Hey, Sleazy Toddy. Stay Don't ever sleazy. Buy I mean, stay top. scary, my friends. <laughs>